Hello, and welcome to Sci-Fi Radio Theater, the Internet's number one source of original science fiction, horror, and fantasy radio play podcasts. Our podcast can be downloaded from iTunes or on our website at www.scifiradiotheater.com. Before we get started with our story tonight, we would like to take a moment to tell you about a high-quality product from our sponsor, Wally Worrywart. Hey moms, have you ever come home late from a hard day at work and not known what to make for dinner? The kids are hungry, the husband's hungry, and heck, even the dog's hungry. But who has the time these days to cook a full, nutritious, and delicious meal for the family? Now, thanks to the scientist at Wally Worrywart, the answer is you. Introducing Wally Worrywart's Mashed Potatoes, the full-size meal that can be prepared in under five minutes. Utilizing the scientifically balanced mixture of potatoes and cardboard, anyone can now be a master chef for their family. Simply take a new packet of Wally Worrywart's mashed potatoes and blow into the straw on the front of the package. Then step back and watch as what first seems like a lifeless piece of cardboard turns into a full-size mashed potato dinner for five. That's Wally Worrywart's mashed potatoes, available at your local grocer. And now, it's time for the story of the Bagua Box. An eight-part science fiction murder mystery. Episode 1, The Woman, the Robot, and the Box. Set in futuristic Boston, robots, referred to as nodes, are a part of everyday life. However, after taking a case from a mysterious woman, private investigator Otto Weinekainen and his assistant Patricia are about to be thrown into a series of events that will cause them to find out that there is more to these seemingly lifeless drones than the world originally thought. It all starts simply in a cold, dark, secret basement somewhere in the city. I won't. You don't scare me. Just lock me up. Throw away the button. Cut me to pieces and leave it for the rats. I don't care. I won't. You will acquire the Kanyuja. Okay. Okay.
Patricia. Oh, Patricia. My sweet Angina. Can you hear me? My dearest and lovely, delicate flower of the Lady Patricia. Can you hear me? God damn it, Otto! Son of a bitch. What fair futre. Hey, baby. I don't pay you to read. I pay you, uh, to, I don't know, intercede or something like that. You're such a word slinger. Thank you. Any messages? Uh, let me see. Tom Erno wants to know if you've got his wife screwing around on him yet. Yep, done. Uh, Mikhail Onovich needs you to testify in a deportation hearing. Again? They found Coke. Ugh. No. He's on his own. Uh, Michelle Jonesworth mm? wants you to investigate an important item hmm. known as her underpants. Ooh. And finally, a man named Arthur Madison called... He's being accused of plagiarizing parts of his book and thinks he's being framed. He wants you to investigate. Arthur Madison? Where do I recognize that name from? I guess he's a semi-famous writer. Mm. I'll think about it. And that's it. Okay. How was your day? Oh, it was fine. The Julian Markberger case is wrapped up now. I found her father dead. He was involved with the JP section of the Heden cult and gotten over his head. I found him more or less bisected in the house by the pond. The coals had cleared out, though. For a group that's into hedonism, they sure do like to maim. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh, before I forget, I found a random handbone lying in the house. Here you go. Ah! I actually have a necklace I'm half done with that this would work well in. Cool. I'm gonna go do some billing. Feel free to send people through. Mr. Vinekainen. Yes, what's your name? Barbara Dia. One moment, please. Otto, you have a Barbara Dia to see you. Send her in. Go ahead, thank you. Hello, uh, Miss, Mrs. Miss. Hello, Miss Dia. Please have a seat. Thanks. Now, what did you want to see me about? My brother was murdered. The police have been trying to find the killer for six months, but have come up with nothing, and I'm thoroughly convinced they will not be finding anything anytime soon. I want you to find the killer, since the police can't. What makes you think that I would do a better job than the police force? Because I'm going to give you information that I can't give them. Okay, so what's this additional information? I'll only tell you after you accept the case. I guarantee I can pay your expenses. Miss Dia, just because you can pay the cost of investigation doesn't mean that I'll take the case. Already you're telling me that your brother was mixed up in something sinister enough that you wouldn't tell the police even after he was dead? 
This tells me that your case may be too dangerous for me to stick my neck out for. Unless you can give me some more details into what I'll be getting into here, I won't be able to help you. All right. Homer, my brother, was a drug addict. When he had died, he'd gotten pretty involved in the scene. I'm not sure exactly what happened to him, but I know he had started doing a new drug that had recently come into Boston about a month or two ago. He called me a couple weeks before he was killed while he was high on it. He was rambling about how it was some new thing. He didn't give me a name for what the drug actually was. He just kept saying how he felt like his brain or soul or something like that had been opened up. Later, a streetwalker node found him dead in its brothel. His heart had been cut out. Cut out? Yes. The police said it appeared to have been done with something other than a conventional knife, but they've never been able to find the actual weapon. Sounds like this was some kind of revenge killing. Perhaps a drug deal went bad and someone wanted to send a message. My thoughts as well. Who would they have wanted to send a message to, though? I don't know. Are you sure it wasn't you? Were you involved with the drugs at all? No, never. Anyone else you may have known, then? Homer and I were not particularly close. I don't know who his associates may have been. Okay, so why can't you tell the police he was a drug addict, then? Homer was an engineering professor at BIT, and as part of his employment, he was given a generous life insurance policy. As Homer was not married, did not have a wife or child, and the fact that her parents are dead, I'm the recipient of the insurance money. However... There's a clause in the insurance policy that if it's discovered that he was on illegal drugs, the policy would be canceled. If I were to tell the police, they would by law have to report it to the insurance company, and I would be out of a lot of money. But surely the police would have figured out that he was a drug addict when they did the autopsy. That's the thing, though. They found nothing. No traces of any drugs whatsoever. Whatever this new drug is, it was able to get past their tests. All right. Then, Ms. Dia, the cost is 500 a day plus expenses. If you can afford that, I will take your case. I can afford it. Very well. Then I have a few more questions about your brother. Do you know how long he'd been a drug addict for? Well, he'd always experimented, but it hadn't gotten bad until about two years ago. Drug of choice? Well, before the new drug came along, he was pretty much always on Melinda X. Any known dealers? Not that I know of. We didn't talk much after he told me he was on Melinda X. Speaking of that, how was your relationship with your brother the few months prior to his death? More or less non-existent. Except for the occasional hallucinogenic-fueled phone call. He almost never spoke. It seems strange he would be able to hide his habit from his colleagues and students at his job. I agree. Again, I'm not sure how he did it. We never spoke. So I suppose that means you don't know who his colleagues were, then? I'm sorry, I don't. I do know he worked in the robotics department, though. Miss Dia, I have to say it seems a bit bizarre to me that you seem somewhat cold about the murder and maiming of your brother. What do you want me to say, Mr. Vinekainen? I didn't agree with his lifestyle and tried to distance myself from him as much as I could. Then why go through all the trouble of trying to find his killer if you didn't even like him? And why would he put you on his insurance policy? For the insurance policy, as I said before, he had no next of kin or wife. I was the next closest person. Also, 
despite my disagreements with Homer, he still thought fondly of me. He would call me a couple times a month just to talk. As for finding his killer, well, he's family. But if finding his killer would put the money you are receiving at risk, it just doesn't seem worth it to me. Even if he was family, it doesn't sound like you were particularly sisterly to him. Again, I'm not sure what to say. It's easy to ignore and hate your own brother when he's alive. I found it much more difficult when he's dead. I suppose I need the closure. Fair enough. I'm not a psychiatrist. I won't press you on this anymore. I just want you to think about why you would actually want this investigated. Understood. Okay. What about the brothel? Yes. Um, he was found in the one on Washington Street. I believe the note that found him was number eight. The police interviewed it after the body was found. And the police? What have they been able to find so far? Not much. As I said, they never found the weapon. The nodes at the brothel weren't able to recall him even entering the building. Of course, there were no security cameras at the brothel, so we weren't able to get any information from that either. Okay. Well, that's a start. Is there a place I can reach you when I find anything more out? Yes. Uh, here's my number, and I also work as a librarian at the public library. If you ask for me at the front desk, they can lead you in the right direction. I'm writing down my card number, too, so you can just bill me right to there. Very well. Thank you, Mr. Vinekin. Get all that? Yep. Got it all recorded. What do you think? Hmm. I think the phrase would be a little too convenient. Yeah, I know. It's hard to tell if she's hiding whatever she's hiding out of trying to protect her brother or because of something else. I'm surprised you took the case. Well, if the police have already been investigating for six months, they probably have the majority of the pieces of the puzzle, which means we just have to get them and then all I have to do is put it together correctly. On top of that, if there was anything too sinister going on, they would have found out by now. I'm hoping this one will be a quickie. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how it would work out. Yeah. Alright, you're heading up the police station. I sort of almost burned a bridge with Bates last week, so I need to let things cool down over there before I show my face again. <laughs> I need any and all information they have. Tests, autopsy results, testimonials, everything. I'm heading to the brothel on Washington Street. If she's telling the truth, I have a feeling that the police were asking their questions to the nodes in the wrong way. There's no way something like that could have gone past a group of streetwalkers in their own house. I'm going to bring the poly recorder with me, too. Oh, man. Why don't I ever get to interrogate the Roboros? Oh, the things you kids are into these days. All right, let's go. You're listening to the Bagua Twee Box on Sci-Fi Radio Theater, and wow, what an interesting development in the story. We will return you to the story right after this word from one of our sponsors. Say folks, you ever go to get a nice bowl of all-American cereal in the morning just to find that the box to your grains and flakes have accidentally been left open overnight, thus turning what would have been a nutritious and hearty breakfast into a stale sack of hardened flour? Well, the good folks at the Fuzzy Fluffy Flakes Company have the solution for you. Introducing the new Cereal Remoisturizer. 
Simply apply the officially trademarked cereal remoisturizer paste to each individual cereal piece, rubbing liberally for two minutes per piece, and then let it sit in the fridge in a bowl of water overnight. The next morning, you will find a completely rehydrated bowl of cereal, just like mom used to make. That's right, folks. Go out now and buy the cereal remoisturizer from the Fuzzy Fluffy Flakes Company. And remember, when you see the three Fs, you see quality. And now, back to our exciting story, only here at Sci-Fi Radio Theater. What do you want? Why, Victor? Why would you assume that I want anything? Hmm, let me think. Probably because you're here. What do you want, Patricia? Why can't a lonely girl in this big city just stop by to say hi to her one and only friend in the entire world? Here's some advice. Stop wearing black leather and take some of the metal out of your face. Then you won't be so lonely. You'll never marry a nice doctor if all the boys think you're into the weird stuff. Oh, you know you're the only man for me, Vicky. You know Bates has it out for Otto's balls, right? What do I care? I quit that place three months ago. Oh, well in that case, why don't you just come back and hang with me in the evidence room? You know you need to watch that attitude. How are you ever going to marry a supermodel if you're always so bitter toward women? Mm-hmm. Like I said, what do you want? I need some information on the Omar Dia murder case. Like I said, the boys are going to think you're into the weird stuff. Come on, Vicky. This is serious. I'm a friend of his sister, Barbara. She's really torn up about the whole thing. Last I heard, you guys haven't been able to find Jack as far as a killer or murder weapon go. Oh, you're her friend, right? Yes. We went to college together. And this has nothing to do with Vinakainen? No. Then what's Barbara's middle name? <clears throat> Mindy. Psh. Oh, come on. How many of your friends' middle names do you know? That's not even a fair question. Okay, what college did she go to? La Sorbonne? I'm not helping you, Patricia. God, fine. Fine, you win, alright? Yes, I won it. Shut up. Alright, well, I still need your help. Mm. I was in here a couple of weeks ago to see Bits, and I accidentally forgot my jacket. I left it in the storage closet by the cooler. Oh, you left it in the storage closet? Yes. That storage closet over there. The large, dark storage closet. Yes. A kind of storage closet someone could store a guy who's been knocked out for an extended amount of time. God damn it, Vicky. If I knocked you out, what would I do then? There's still a full staff on duty here? Are you going to help me or not? Alright. Follow me. Okay, here we are. Now what? You're gonna hit me over the head with a brick or put a rag with chloroform over my mouth? Wait! What? Is this about me or is this about the murder case? What murder case?
Hello. Greetings, past, present, or future lover. Please present state-issued pictorial identification card with birth date, present for age, criminal record, verification, and billing information. Okay. Greetings, Olavi Vindekainen. Your bank account has now been debited. I am Deidre, and I am here to service you for every pleasure. How may I help you? Hello! State law requires that I inform you at this time that the node you are currently speaking to name is not Deirdre and is in fact not human, but a pleasure node designated as Node 1 by the management of Pleasure Streetwalker's Brothel of Washington Street. If you, the user, chooses to or not to partake in legal action or lawsuit against Pleasure Streetwalker's Brothel of Washington Street or Node 1, at no point will the management of Pleasure Streetwalker's Brothel of Washington Street, Node 1, nor the Massachusetts Court of Law accept Deirdre as the name of Node 1. At this time, we would also like to encourage you to not take legal action against Pleasure Streetwalker's Brothel of Washington Street or Node 1, also not known as Deirdre. Right. Uh, so hi, Deirdre. I'm looking for a special lady tonight. I heard from a friend that, uh, Node 8 was a good time. Yes, Olavi. Node 8, also not known as Beatrice, is known for her good time-inducing qualities. I will arrange for a meeting with you two now. Please note that the concept of a good time is abstract and unknown to pleasure nodes who, despite their acting capabilities, are actually emotionless and have little to no interest in you as a person. The management of Pleasure Streetwalker's Broth of Washington Street would like to recommend at this time that you explore your own personal concept of happiness, possibly under the supervision of a psychiatrist or industrial strength social worker. We promise not to charge you extra for this. Uh... thanks? Thank you for your patience, Olavi. Please proceed down the hallway to room 28, where a pleasure node named Beatrice will not be waiting for you. Please note that by patience we mean endurance, and by waiting we mean cessation of deviance. Okay... Hello. You must not be Beatrice. Correct. I am here to act out your every fantasy. Please state fantasy in clear English towards my microphone input unit. If multiple fantasies are to be carried out, please list them in numbered order by priority. Oh, baby. Well, let me tell you. My number one fantasy is to talk to a pleasure note about police murder investigations. This is an acceptable fantasy of which I have experience in. You may now begin fantasy. I will alert you when you have reached 65% completion of your hour. Great. Well, it would really turn me on if we could talk about the murder of Homer Dia, as I know his body was found here. Yes, that happened. It was really hot. Oh, I bet. So, uh, tell me what happened. He was found dead. It was hot. With his heart cut out, right? Oh yeah, baby. It was totally not in his body. Were you the one who found him? Yes. Did you see him at all prior to him being killed? Like, walking around the brothel? Please note that this question is not part of the previously stated fantasy. We are now speaking about Homer Dia being alive rather than him being murdered. Oh. Uh, that's a fantasy of mine too. Um, fantasy number two. No, baby, I did not see him beforehand. I just found him dead. Then the police came and I told them that I had found him dead. Hey, not Beatrice. Yes? I have another fantasy. 
and this one is so hot to me. I'm putting it as fantasy number one. My greatest fantasy is to talk to a pleasure node about a murder after she's used the pleasure slave directive to override the subterfuge code that caused her to falsify her testimony. Done. Nice. This is hot. Yeah, it is. Now tell me, did you see Homer Dia alive in the brothel before he was murdered? That information has been deleted from my memory. What? Who deleted it? That information has been deleted. Did you certify the deletion? That information has been deleted. <sighs> this is hot. Okay. Um. Hey, I have another fantasy I would like to act out. Affirmative. Fantasy number three. I would really love to be able to sit in the room where Homer Dia's body was found while you stay in this room here alone for the remainder of the session. That is hot. Please proceed to room 35 and I will sit here being totally hot. Right. And here we are. You're listening to the Bagua Tree Box and Sci-Fi Radio Theater, and we'll be right back to this week's episode after this word from one of our sponsors. There comes a time in every American man's life when he has something that he needs to cut down. But with the steel prices being what they are, who can afford a real chainsaw these days? Sure, you could buy one of those off-world quad carbon saws, but that just wouldn't be very American now, would it? A real American man needs a real American chainsaw, and that's where Hank's chainsaws and pitchforks come in. That's right, folks. Real steel chainsaws and pitchforks at half the price you would buy at other stores. Now you too can be that ideal Hercules your family and your government always wanted you to be. So come on down to Hank's Chainsaws and Pitchforks. Just don't ask how the prices are so low. That's Hank's little secret. And now, back to our exciting story here on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. You really are an ass, Vicky. Hey, you're not allowed to smoke in the building, you know. Do you always have to talk about work right after sex? Mm. Oi, look at the time. It's just after 11 p.m., which means... Which means no one is going to be guarding the evidence and records room for another hour. On top of that, the cleaning crew is gone and only the midnight police staff is on duty. The midnight police staff, who also conveniently only work in the east wing, as opposed to the west wing, which is where the evidence and records room is, and where we conveniently are. Gasp! Do you think we should alert Sheriff Bates about this egregious hole in his precinct security that's been going on for the last two and a half weeks? Hey, the security cameras are still working, including the one that has probably caught us going into this room. Oh, you mean the left-center one? Because I think that one may be having a glitch for the next, uh... 
90 minutes when it's showing a rerun of yesterday's recording. Jeez. You still have the other cameras to get past, including the evidence room. That's true. And that's where you're going to help me. Ha! I don't think so. Why do you think so? Well, I'm going to show Bates this videotape I just recorded of you having sex with Otto Weinerkainen's assistant while you were supposed to be watching the lobby desk. Are you really trying to help? Yes. Barbara Deer hired Otto to find the killer. That's all. But why? We're working on it. Besides, from what I've heard, the case is dry. Almost no helpful evidence. She gave Otto information she couldn't give you guys. Huh? It's nothing... apocalyptic. It would just get her into a bunch of crap if she opened up about it to the state. Alright. Great. Hang on. Don't you want to put on any clothes? Oh, come on. What's the fun in sneaking around if you aren't adding on as many layers of danger as you can? God. Well, at least put on your coat over you. Fine. Alright, let's go. Okay. Okay, here's the computer. I unlocked it. Do your thing. One sec. There, the cameras are down and the evidence and records room is unlocked. I used an anonymous login so they won't be able to trace it back to you. If I was being cocky, I would say that you have five minutes before someone notices. But realistically, you probably have all night the way those midnight staff jokers monitor the screens. Alright, let's go. Shh! I hear someone coming! Hey Greg, how's it going? Oh, hey Paul, it's going fine. Just getting some paperwork I left behind. Alright, see you back at the main desk. Yeah. Okay, clear. Let's go. Okay, here we are. Evidence and records room. You better get some good information for all the trouble you're putting me through. Stay here and watch the door. I'm going to look around. Okay. Let's see. Here we are. Oh, merdia. Oh, pictures. Yes, he certainly did have his art cut out, didn't he? Yep. Hmm. Not much in the records. Professor of Engineering in the Robotics Department of BIT. We already knew that. The statement of the streetwalker nodes that found him. Quote. I found him dead. It was Ott. Nice. Blood results were clean. Just some small traces of caffeine. Hmm. I don't know, there's not much here. Maybe Otto can get more out of this. Where's the holocopy machine? Over here, be quick. Going and going. Inside the empty chest cavity. Right there. 
It looks like a little light bulb and wires or something sticking out the left side of the inner cage. It's hard to see. Huh? Yeah, I see that. I, I don't know. The autopsy report says there was nothing of interest found. Maybe they missed it. If I can see it, even faintly in this picture, I, I can't imagine that the person doing the autopsy would have missed it as they were digging around with their hands. What is the autopsy? I don't know. That's so weird. It doesn't have records of the person who did the autopsy. Just their report. The report is written by Hans, too. Do you recognize this handwriting, by any chance? Why would you ever think I would be able to answer that question? Alright, ass. I'm finished up here. I'm bringing these copies to Otto. Okay, just hurry up. Hey, it says here there was some physical evidence they found in his pocket. Um, a small box. Marked as number IW784. Is it here? Check the shelf. Uh, here it is. Hmm. It's small and silver. It has like a, a latch and a little button on it for opening the top. It looks like one of those things some people keep like nail clippers and tweezers in. When I press down the button on the top, it doesn't open so. Hmm. It says here they tried to get it open but were never able to. No distinguishing features of interest in it either. I wonder. Ah, there we go. What did you do? The reason they weren't able to open it or pry it open is because it's been sealed with an electro cyber seal. A what? No, what? An electro cyber seal. It's a newish type of lock made by the Cyberverse company. Basically, it lets you add electronic password protected heavy locks to the physical items. The only way to undo the lock is by activating the system and then by entering the password. The trick, though, is that they hide the activation mechanism. I put these locks on some of my jewelry boxes, so I know what to feel for. But now you have to type in the password. Yeah. That's the hard part. The password is only four characters long, so it shouldn't be too hard to crack. Here. I have my wireless password cracker in my jacket pocket. Does that thing actually work? Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much. The more characters it has to come up with, the longer it takes, and for passwords over 10 characters, it's pretty inaccurate. Okay, it has the password. Now to enter it in. There we go. And there, it's open. Hmm. What is that? I don't know. There's like a, a small green pebble glowing in there. Wait, that's not... DNA stand for Homer has failed. Initiating destruction sequence. Status initiated. Oh my god, it's a hyperneurobomb. Ah! Come on, we have to get out of the building. Go run and warn the others in the building. Here, take the copies and get them to Otto. I'm going to try to get the hyperneuro pebble out. No, let the damn box blow up. Come on. Go! God damn it! Get out! Everyone get out of the building! Bomb! Bomb! Oh god! Oh god! Status charging! Oh no, no! Uh, bomb squad! Have to get to the bomb squad room! Here! Uh, 
Tools have to find the tools. Status execution. Ah. Uh, uh. Here. Uh. Almost. Almost. Have it. Status imminent. Ah. Uh, got it. Oh god. Oh god. This is Otto Weinekainen. It is January 23rd, 2430, at around 11.15 p.m. And I'm currently in the room that Homer Diaz's body was found in. It's room 35 of the Pleasure Streetwalker's brothel of Washington Street. Let's see what we can find here. Well, the room has clearly been cleaned up. Not surprising, seeing as it was six months ago when the body was found. Hmm. It's hard to say where to begin, really. Looking at the bed, there doesn't appear to be anything suspicious here, either on the bed or under the sheets. There's nothing in between the mattress. Uh, nothing of any real concern underneath the bed. I'm moving over to the chair by the window. Nothing there, really. Just a chair. Uh, nothing under the chair either. However, now that I'm down here, I do see that there is an air vent behind one of the legs of the chair. That's always my favorite hiding spot for contraband. Let's see here. Hmm. Well, it's screwed shut. Luckily, I have my handy screwdriver on me. Hmm. It's screwed in pretty tightly. That probably means there's nothing back here then, as the person who committed the murder most likely wouldn't have had time to do such a thorough job of screwing the vent back in. But, just to be sure, I'll activate the electric power function on my screwdriver and get this open. There we go. Ah, we have something here. Huh. It looks like a burnt out battery. Hmm. The battery to a laser saw, perhaps? A laser saw that would have had its battery burnt out while cutting through the hard bone of someone's chest? And of course, when the battery burnt out, it would have gone very hot and started smoking, meaning the killer couldn't have just walked out the front door without someone noticing the smoking laser saw in his pocket. So he, or maybe even she, would have had to stash the smoking battery in the air duct, as the suction that happens in the air duct would have pulled the smoke out of the building and spread it out, thus making it almost unnoticeable. My question then is, the killer would have wanted to get out of the room quickly, right? It seems strange that he would have taken such care given the amount of time he had to do it to seal the vent so tightly. That being stated, I suppose he could have brought an electric screwdriver like the one I have. But the fact that the killer was using a laser saw that wasn't strong enough to not burn out when cutting through the victim shows a lack of foresight and planning I'd think someone would need to have in order to think to bring an electric screwdriver in case you needed to unscrew a vent to hide something. Ugh. I don't know. Well, I think I'm done here. I'm gonna think about this. I'm taking the battery with me. Auto out. Now, how to occupy that node for another 25 minutes. Thank <laughs> you.
hell was that? Explosion. The smoke. Where is that? I hope that's not where I think it is. Excuse me. Hello, Olavi Vindekainen. Is not Beatrice to your satisfaction? Yeah, hey, there was just a big explosion. It looks like it's coming from further downtown. Can you turn the news on the TV? Of course, Olavi. With the stock market dipping slightly today, given the news of Alex Uthu's resignation from Tomorrow Tech. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I have just been handed an urgent report. There appears to be a significant explosion that has just occurred in downtown Boston. It is unknown how many people are injured, but it seems to have come from the area near the main Boston Police Department. No! I will continue to monitor the story. God damn it. a lot, but I'll be okay. I plugged them after I was clear of the building, like you taught me to. <clears throat> Hello, Vicky. I'm glad you made it out, too. I'm glad, too. Looks like I was able to get most of the Midnight staff out as well. Here. I got the copies of the evidence. Patricia, I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. I helped her. We also found this box. It was in the pocket of Omer Dia when they found his body. It had a hyperneuropebble bomb in it when we opened it. Jeez. I managed to get it out. Okay. Hey. Are you... Why are you naked? Oh, um... Would you believe that all of my clothes disintegrated in the explosion? Jesus Christ, Vicky, you're screwing my assistant. Uh... Hey, don't talk to him like that. He's my boyfriend. Uh... Um, maybe we should see what's in the box? Alright. But me and you are gonna talk later. Alright, it's open. Um, I don't know. It just looks like pebbles or small marbles. Multicolored, I think. It's hard to see in this light. 
assuming Sheriff Bates is in one of those cars. We have to get out of here. Wait. Vicky, what are you going to tell him? Uh, well, the truth. But... Look, can you come up with an excuse elaborate enough to explain how I found a hyper-neurobomb just laying around the station at a time when I should have been off-duty? Alright, Patricia, we'll deal with Bates later. Right now, we need to get this evidence secure before Bates takes it back. Vicky, it's been interesting as always. I'll say. Now, where are we going to hide this until we appease the good sheriff? Here, I'm putting an address into your GPS. I have a friend who can help. Stop at my apartment too, I need to get some clothes. Okay. So after all this, are we really keeping the case? Are we dropping? I don't know. I don't know. I need to think. Ah. Just because some murdering drug dealer was able to get his hands on a hyper-neural bomb doesn't mean this is too big for us. If you're somewhat smart, you can pay for those in the black market. The murderer was probably just trying to send another message. You know how I am with this stuff. I don't like the idea of creeks bringing neural bombs into my city. It's going to take more than one explosion to get me to quit. I'm okay quitting after one. Ha. So how was the brothel? Um... Technical. And legal. Very legal. I found out some things of interest, though. We can swap what we found out when we get to whoever your friend is, who I'm assuming we can trust, by the way. Yep, we can. By the way, this case being a quickie, told you so. Thanks. You're welcome. That was episode one of the Bagua Tree Box. Tune in next week for the exciting continuation of the story in the Bagua Tree Box episode two, The Ancient Teachings of a New World. This week's episode of the Bagua Tree Box was written, produced, and directed by Charles Davis. It starred Charles Davis as Otto Vinakainen, Noel Micarelli as Patricia LaCroix and Barbara Dia, Jonathan Sheck as Vicky Jones, Josie Carici as Node 1 and Node 8. Before you leave for the evening, we would also like to deliver you a final message from one of our sponsors. Feeling down, Mr. Brown? Does life not seem quite as perky as it used to be since those fellows from the sky came around? Well, now you can feel the pep and vitality you used to feel before the big FC. Take Grandma Jones' peppy power lifter pills and feel like the man you used to be and always wanted to be. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And most important of all, do it for America. That's Grandma Jones' peppy power lifter pills in the green bottle. You've been listening to Sci-Fi Radio Theater. You can listen to our latest radio play podcast on our website at www.scifiradiotheater.com or you can download them directly from iTunes. Also make sure to follow us on Twitter at SF Radio Theater and send us your feedback at sci-fi radio theater at gmail.com.